Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, nothing is impossible for those who believe. And the Lord is asking us to be those who believe. Those who wouldn't stand back and say, oh, well, uh, we're little victims just hoping something will happen. But God's asking for a people who would rise up in the faith of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. And you know, Christ in you is not dreaming of surviving. Christ in you is not dreaming of getting through the day of surviving, of just making a way. God in you, Christ in you is dreaming of being Christ, of being Christ in you to the world around you. And you know what? He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And he still thinks the same. In fact, it's why he got excited that he was going away because his spirit was going to come upon you and he said, it's going to be better for the planet that I go so all of you with me in you get to do and be who I am to the world around you. So Christ in you is not dreaming of just surviving. I often think of the parable of the talents and I think, you know, One was given five talents. One was given two talents. Another was given one talent. And the guy with five talents, he multiplied it and he he made it 10. And then he was, the, the master was well pleased and he was blessed with much more. The same with the guy with the two talents. But the guy with the one talent took it and buried it in the backyard. And then the master was not happy. But I think about it like this with a sober realization that I haven't been given five talents or two talents or one talent. I've been given Jesus Christ himself. What are you going to do with the Son of God? The Son of God in you doesn't want to just be kept as your ticket to heaven. He is wanting to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, hope or imagine. And that means you're going to have to get over yourself. When the Lord started to speak to me, praise the Lord, I, was, um, I found the Lord when I was 12 years old and I was so grateful in worship to see Him, to find Him, to know Him. I was blind, but now I see. There you are. Hallelujah. And I was converted. But then when I was about 23 years old, I went through a major deliverance. The Holy Spirit uh, did such a wonderful work in my life. And I began to have visions. I'd see fireballs going out over crowds. I'd be at home while I had my little babies. And while they were sleeping, I'd be on the floor groaning in the spirit, seeing fireballs going out of, over crowds, seeing multitudes getting saved and healed and delivered, seeing people get up out of wheelchairs and run, seeing the, the, the miracles and the healings and the deliverances. And I, and I didn't know what to do with it. I was a housewife at home. So I began to pray, well, God, if this really is you, talk to my husband. (laughs) Because I didn't have a grid for women in ministry. Women got up and they, you know, sometimes the pastor's wife spoke on Mother's Day. That was about my grid for women in ministry. So I was like, oh, you're gonna have to talk to my husband. And then so one day we're just driving in the car and Tom says, no, I reckon you'd make a great preacher. 
was like, yes, yes, thank you, Jesus. All right, talk to my pastor, God. Talk to my pastor. Now, this is what we could do, God. We've got this prophetic guy coming. And I was in a church where there was really not very much prophetic that happened. And we had an American coming. <laughs> and he was a prophet. And I was like, okay, God, this is your opportunity. Where ha I'm having all these visions. I mean, I was having Hebrew words in, in, um, in front of me with open-eyed visions. I'd wake up in the morning with Hebrew words of, uh, that I'd, I'd look up and find were, were female Hebrew names meaning wave. I'd see um, the glory of God in visions happening over and over again throughout the day. I'd see people um, calling out to people who were being lost and calling them back to the heart of Jesus. And I was like, God, if this is you, I need you. I need you to get the prophet to call me out and say what I'm seeing so that the pastor can hear it and we can get this show on the road. That seemed like a sensible idea. And in fact, I even talked to the Lord and I said, you know, this is important because I'm a woman and this is a special case. And you know, you let the Israelites with a pillar of fire, you do these signs and wonders and, and Gideon with his fleece and the whole deal. So God, I think that's fair. I think you call me out, you know, so, and, and, and that'll work really well. Thank you, Jesus. So I went along to the meeting, all excited. I have no idea what the what the guy preached because I was just waiting for the ministry time. <laughs> and he got to the ministry time and he started saying, you over there. And he was really specific and I got so excited. And then he called someone else out. And then he called someone else out. And then he just opened the altar and I thought, what? This is not the plan. The pastor's supposed to hear. So I came out frustrated, stood in the line and he was going down the line and prophesying, oh, all this accurate stuff. And then he'd get to me and he'd say, trust God, sister. <laughs> and move on to the next one with all the specifics and all the details. I sat there going, God, seriously, this is important. Don't you care about the people that are going to get saved? Don't you care about this call? So I came back the next night. He was only there two nights. And I got really serious with God. I said, Lord, if you don't call me out tonight, I'm gonna put it down to my imagination. So if you want me to do this, you gotta do that. I was so serious. Oh God, come on. So he was preaching. Again, I have no idea what he preached. I'm just like, come on, come on. Thank God. I know you want this. I know you want this. He called this one out and he called that one out. And he didn't call me. So I went out the front again and the altar, and like I thought, oh, come on, this is not the plan. Stood there. <laughs> came down the line, prophesied over this one, had amazing words of knowledge, prophecies. I was like, oh, good, at least it's flowing. This is good. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And he gets to me and he goes, trust God, sister. <laughs> and moves on. And the Lord says, I just burst into tears. I was so upset. I sobbed. And, and so my friends felt sorry for me and they, they got um, his offsider to come and have another go. <laughs> and 
he came to me, he saw this sobbing woman with the mascara and just like sobbing with a broken heart. And he just said, I feel like the Lord wants your husband to take you on a holiday. <laughs> and I sobbed more. <laughs> well, I went home and I threw myself on the bed. I said, I threw open my Bible. I said, speak to me, God. <laughs> I don't encourage this sort of behavior. <laughs> Happily, I didn't open to lamentations. <sighs> but I opened up to the book of Luke. And there was a story there. And it was the story of Simeon. I was so blessed when I heard you mention Simeon. In fact, one of my favorite paintings is Simeon holding the child. And in the scripture there, it says that moved by the Holy Spirit had revealed to Simeon's heart that he would see the Messiah before he died. Then moved by the Holy Spirit, he was led into the temple courts, Luke 2, where he saw the child and he gave praise to God. And all of a sudden, I was cut to the heart and I realized, oh God, you revealed to Simeon's heart that he would see the Messiah before he died. And nobody prophesied it to him. He just believed what your Holy Spirit revealed to his heart. Then at the right time, he was moved by your spirit to the right place at the right time. And he saw the fulfillment of the promise. And I suddenly was so convicted. I said, Lord, I am so sorry. I haven't been willing just to trust your voice. I haven't been willing to believe what your spirit has said to my spirit. I've said it has to be a man who tells me, and God, I'm so sorry. Lord, have mercy on me. And I repented, and I, I said to the Lord, and I felt embarrassed even in my own bedroom saying this out loud, but I, I said, okay, Lord, even if no one ever prophesies it, I choose to believe that you've called me to go to the nations, to preach the gospel, to heal the sick. I thank you, Lord. I believe it. And it felt weird, even in my own bedroom, saying it out loud with, with no one but me and the Holy Spirit there. But I, I spoke it out and I began to declare it. And you know, I'm so glad that God didn't have me called out during those meetings. Because if he had, I would have believed that every time he told me something, I would have had to have a prophet tell me before I'd believe it. I love the prophetic, but you know what? The Lord is looking for those who will trust the voice of the Holy Spirit for themselves. Hallelujah. I would have put my ability to move into the hands of other people's obedience. And God's looking for His people to start taking responsibility for Christ in them, the hope of glory. You see, as Aussies, it's easier for us to be able to blame someone else. I'm doing this because they told me I should. But for us to actually start taking responsibility and, said, and, and, and believe that the Holy Spirit himself has called us to lay hands on the sick and recover, see them recover, that the Holy Spirit himself has called us to preach the gospel, then as we believe what he says, watch and see how he'll bring the confirmation. 
I'm not suggesting that people just, they don't seek counsel, that they don't um, listen to their, their leaders and the, the people that are around them. But let me tell you this, you cannot use them as your excuse. The Lord's looking for those who would begin to believe what the Lord is saying to them. And so I wrote it in my diary, in my journal, and I made a declaration and I said, thank you, Lord. I speak to nations. I speak to multitudes. Thousands are being healed and saved and delivered. Pretty soon after that, um, the Lord spoke to me. He said, well, in your 30th year, I'm gonna open the doors and you're gonna begin to preach the gospel. I'm gonna begin to open doors for you and I'm, you're gonna see what I've called you to do. And then pretty soon after that, I started to get prophetic words. People would pull me out of a crowd and say, you there, you're called to go to the nations and preach the gospel and heal the sick. And I'd think, yes, I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you very much. They'd call me out and they'd say, the Lord's calling you. I see your name in big letters all over America. And I'd say, thank you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Because the Lord had spoken to me in my bedroom and said, I'm, I'm going to open television to you. You're going to see uh, the lost coming in, not just one by one fishing uh, for, for souls one by one. I remember seeing a um, Sony television ad and there was a, a guy fly fishing for fish. And one by one, he was pulling the fish into the boat. And then he put a big TV in his boat, turned it on and there was a dragonfly on the screen. And all of a sudden, all of the fish just started jumping into the boat until the boat was overflowing with fish. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, I'm gonna do a new thing with you. And I'm gonna, you're gonna see them come in en masse through the television. And I thought to myself, I wonder who that word's for. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, stop giving away what I'm trying to give to you. So, I wanna to speak to you tonight about the importance and the power of partnering with the promises of God. You know, one of the key ways that we partner with His promises is to open our mouth and begin to call those things that be not as though they are. Prophetic words are not necessarily inevitabilities, they are invitations waiting for your response. And when you start to open your mouth and declare it, as you begin to speak it, you are creating with your words. For 15 years, I've been declaring I'm on television all over the world. Now, praise the Lord, I'm in 200 different countries, but I tell you, I'm on television all over the world and I'm on secular television too, hallelujah, because I'm calling those things that be not as though they are. People might say, well, who do you think you are? That's a really good question. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Who do you think you are? God's called me to reckon myself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ, to believe that as He is, so are we in this world. And so God is dropping dreams and visions into your heart. Not everybody's called to do what I'm called to do, but not everybody who is a born again believer is called to do the exceedingly, abundantly, above all they can ask, hope or imagine. God is calling you up into greater works and he longs for you to know the greatness of the power toward you who believe. As you come into a place of seeking him first, seeking to know him, the Lord wants to reveal to you the hope of his calling as the eyes of your understanding are enlightened in the knowledge of him. Because when you get to know what he's like, you begin to understand the gravity and the weight of who you carry.
you begin to understand the hope of your calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in you, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward you who believe. Amen. So he's looking for you to open your mouth and begin to speak it. I, as, you, as I often say, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you saying? What are you decreeing? You might think, well, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Well, the Lord in you is still dreaming bigger dreams. Christ in you isn't settling for what you've got right now. Christ in you is dreaming of doing more and more, that more and more the people around you would see him and glorify his name. I'm not talking about becoming more and more busy. I'm, becoming, I'm talking about believing for more and more fruitfulness, for greater works. Hallelujah. God says that the same works he did and greater works will they do. This is a dinner bell that is ringing and, and waiting for whosoever will get up and go to the banqueting table that's been laid there. This promise has been given to every one of us, but how many of us will go and say, thank you very much. All right, this is my destiny. I know what my destiny is. My destiny is to do the same works as Jesus and greater works. But you see, a lot of people are concerned, well, you know, wait a minute, you know, it's a long time before I could get there and, you know, and, and they come up with all the reasons why they couldn't do that. And that's why we need to get our theology straight. We need to come back to the simplicity and the purity of the gospel because if you think that you can somehow do something or earn your way into a place where you can start partaking of that, it's going to be self-righteous and it's going to be ugly. God delights to give the kingdom to the little children. You know what little children are like? You set a banqueting table up. You set up a lolly stand. They don't sit back and go, oh, should I, shouldn't I, should I? They're like, woo God's looking for us to have a childlike faith that says, wow, as I read the Bible, whoa, see was here. He tells me that death and life is in the power of my tongue. What am I going to do with that? He tells me that the same works that he did in greater works, I will do. You see, it's time for us to shake off the disappointments that have disillusioned us. It's time to shake off the dust and rise and begin to roar, hallelujah, and begin to recognise that the heart of God is for us to lay hold of what He's laid hold of for us, to say, thank you very much, I'll have it. To pick up the mantle that He's given. A lot of people talk about mantles, they talk about the mantle of Catherine Coleman. They talk about the mantle of this person and that person. But you know what? Just as Elijah believed for a double portion of Elijah's mantle, you and I don't have to believe for someone else's mantle. God himself says, this is what I will do. There's someone else who was taken up before their eyes and his name is Jesus. And his offer to everyone who believes is a double portion of what he carried in the earth. The same works 
and greater. This is an invitation that people have longed for, but they've looked at and they've gone and thought, all too hard. But I believe there is an awakening coming as we enter into this new decade of 2020 vision, that people are going to recognize, see clearly what the Word of God is saying and begin to come back to a childlike faith that says, you are better than I feel like I deserve. And thank you, God, that you've delivered me from me, that you might be glorified. And I'm gonna pick up what you've said you wanna do in and through me. We're gonna see the greater works in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's more exciting than you're reacting. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's a good, good father. Thank you, Father God. Romans 4.17 talks about God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That means you and I, instead of getting frustrated and thinking, why isn't it happening? How's it gonna happen? When's the pastor gonna recognize me? Instead of, of thinking like mere humans, God is calling us to come back to a place of awe and wonder where we devote our lives to the worship and the glory of His name, to knowing Him, to running into Him, to tucking up into Him so that He can fill us into, uh, to the fullness of all His glory, that He'd fill us up to overflowing with His love, casting out all fear and empowering us to believe for the impossible. You see, it's the righteous who are as bold as lions, but it's not righteousness in theory. It's a righteousness that's been spoken to you as you've looked into his eyes and heard his voice. As you've as you spend time in his presence knowing him. God doesn't ask you to trust someone you don't know. That's why he calls us into a place of intimacy so that when he speaks and when we read his word, we know the one who said it the one whose name is faithful and true. Nothing is impossible for those who believe, but that belief isn't something you have to stir up and try to get. It's something you run into. I say, thank you, God, I have the faith of Christ. <laughs> it's a gift, I don't even have to try and get that. <laughs> is the faith of Christ enough? A lot of people have fallen into a place of disillusionment, but I believe the Lord is wanting us to come back to a place of simplicity. We will humble ourselves and begin to say, yes, God. Psalm 131, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither will I trouble myself with weighty matters or things too great for me. Surely like a weaned child, I've calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Then he says, hope in God. Hoping God, Israel. You know, those who wouldn't be distracted by the, the why God, why, when God, when, how God, how, but who would tuck themselves back up into the arms of God until His voice and His arms soothe you, heal you, nourish you, restore your soul, fill you back up again until you're overflowing with a word for the nation that says hope in God. You know, I believe the Lord is wanting to rise, raise His people up to begin to be a voice of hope like never before. You know, I, I'm, I believe that the day has come 
where, where we have tolerated things, God in you is going to roar and say no more. When you've, when you've looked at things and thought too hard, if only, well, why not? God's looking and saying, only believe. The exceedingly abundantly above is what God wants to bring us into. And it's his delight that we begin to see it and say it. Mark eleven twenty two 22 says, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. You know, over and over again, I've seen it come to pass in my life. I be, I'm vigilant, I'm pedantic. Everyone who knows me knows how pedantic I am about my words because I believe I'll eat the fruit of what I say. And Janet said today that it, there's gonna be weed words and seed words. I don't, want, I don't wanna see weed words coming to fruition in my life. I wanna see seed words where I have sown in faith the word of the Lord, where I've taken the pain, the, the pain, shame and disgrace and brought it to the divine exchange table. And I do this so regularly. When something happens that, that, that is, is pain, shame, disgrace, that something that doesn't look like heaven, I bring it as foreign currency to the divine exchange table. And I say, Lord, you said in Isaiah 61 that you give beauty instead of ashes. You said, Lord, that you give the oil of joy instead of mourning. You said, Lord, that for my former shame, pain and disgrace, you give double recompense. So here it is. Here is some pain. I identify it. That's painful. Here's a sickness. Here's a, here's a distress. Here's some slander. Here's some hurt. And you know what? That promise was given in Isaiah 61 to people who brought the trouble on themselves by their own actions. And God still delighted to give them double blessing and favour for it. But one of the key ways that I do this divine exchange is as I, I recognise it and I bring it as foreign currency, knowing it has value when it comes to the exchange rate of heaven. I bring it expecting the divine double recompense, but then the way that I begin to see that activated is just like when you take the money at the, to the foreign exchange place, you exchange the foreign currency and you get money back that you could actually spend. God wants you to begin to recognize that just having it in faith is not, is not just what God wants. God wants you to take it, use it and activate it. And the way it's activated is through your words, through your decree. So when you bring shame, so say someone uh, says something nasty on the internet. Can you believe that they'd ever do that? Even Christians know. But instead of getting upset, instead of trying to explain, instead of trying to get them to change their mind, we take it, I take it, and I bring it to the divine exchange table. I'll say, I can use that. That looks like shame, pain, or disgrace, and I'm bringing it to the divine exchange table, Lord. I thank you. This has great value in terms of foreign currency. I'm gonna give that, and I'm gonna sow that in faith for double favour on the internet and double favour in the media. I do this regularly. Hallelujah. And you know what? As I do that, I begin to then receive it by faith, and then I begin to speak to it. 
I've taken this. I thank you, Lord. I have great favor in the media. I'm on television all over the world. People are getting saved while I'm asleep. They're hearing the gospel in their own language. I have favor everywhere I go. I am highly favored. Where I've been rejected. Has anyone ever experienced rejection? (laughs) Foreign currency that is worth a whole lot. Don't waste it. Don't just get over it. Take it and bring it to the exchange table. If you don't bring it, it's just like having useless foreign money that you can't spend that weighs you down. Instead, pick it up. Take it to the exchange table. Say, here it is. I'm exchanging it. Rejection. Ha ha. Okay, in the very area that I've suffered, I'm expecting double recompense. So Father, I thank you where I've been rejected. God, I thank you, Lord, for double honour. Father, where I've been rejected, I thank you, Lord, for double favour. Father, I thank you, Lord. And then I speak it. I have great favour. Hallelujah. Nations are opening to me. Hallelujah. I have favour with man and with God. And you know, you don't have to do this. But if you will begin to believe that the will of God for you is to have influence for His glory, as you begin to understand that God's not calling you to live a little life, but to believe that He makes all things work together for your good, your faith pleases God. Sitting there and going, oh, well, isn't that terrible? And doing nothing with it is not pleasing. God wants you to put your faith in the character of who He is. He wants to give double for your trouble. I heard the the scripture today, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope, for today I will restore double to you. It's an invitation waiting for our response. But you know what? God wants you to deliberately, intentionally bring it to the table. Take it and receive it in faith and then begin to speak begin to breathe on it, begin to declare, calling those things that be not as though they are, that his name would be lifted up and that he would be glorified. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I feel it in the house tonight. I know that the the hand of God is here and he is touching. Already I see the spirit of God moving. He's moving right now, touching and healing and delivering. For years I was seeing um, in vision form, I was seeing what it was looking like in a vision to see the fireballs going out over the crowds and the people being healed. As I would see it, I'd say it and and declare it, fireballs go out over the crowds and people are instantly healed. I began to look at things. I'd look at Peter and see him walk past in the scripture, walk past the sick and they'd be healed. And I begin to take it and say, I walk past people and they get healed. Well, I've started to receive testimonies that when I've walked into a meeting, people have said, I felt a wind. And as you walked past, suddenly I was healed. Now, now, you might say, oh, who does she think she is? Really good question. (laughs) Keep asking it. Because who do you think you are? All of this isn't about you to make you look great. It's about Him and to make Him look glorious. The world is waiting to see him. And you and I are called to be his ambassadors. What are you going to believe for? The heart of God is waiting. I can feel this. Oh, (laughs) 
I feel a pregnant commissioning in the room tonight. There are healing evangelists here that the Lord wants to commission tonight. You know it. You know it. It's burning in your bones. You never stop thinking about it. Tonight, I really believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to commission you. He's wanting to stir you to begin to say, yes, yes, Lord, your Holy Spirit's revealed it to my heart. I believe I'm going to see it. I want you just to begin to start to take it. There are people here, you know in your heart, you need, you need God to come and heal your body. Well, He is here and it's His good pleasure to do it. We're going to pray for people in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I want to tell you, feel free to get healed before anyone prays for you. Because He's so good. I just like to get involved. But you know, he, he's, he's God and He's already doing this. Hallelujah. Before I do that, I want to, I just want to ask tonight, if you're here and you know in your heart you're not walking with Jesus, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and He is a good, good Father. He is holy, He's perfect, He's pure, and nobody can be joined to Him because He's holy and pure, and light can't have fellowship with darkness, and even a little bit of sin the Bible says, causes us to, the wages of sin is death. We cannot be joined to a holy God and, and make ourselves holy enough to be joined to Him. So Jesus Himself, who knew no sin, became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. If by faith we would respond and say, yes, Lord, I need your mercy. You know, we can't pay for our own sin. We can't earn the right to be joined to God. But if you'll humble yourself and receive what you can have no part in earning, believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died, that He rose again, that you have need of salvation and that you believe that He'll give it to you as you open your heart and receive Him as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. The Bible says that you will be born again. And when you receive Christ as your Saviour, you receive the gift of mercy. You receive the gift of righteousness. And He comes into your life and He makes you new on the inside. If that's you tonight, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to the mercy of God and receive eternal life. Now, the, the desire of God is that none would perish and that all would come to a knowledge of the eternal life. But you see, not everybody does because it's an invitation waiting for your response. God's looking and waiting for you. He's given you His nature, which means you have the ability to choose. True love is free. He doesn't make you be joined to Him. But if you humble yourself and say, yes, Lord, I wanna receive you as my Lord and Saviour. Let me tell you this. He is the one, the only one that can truly understand you. He's the only one that will know you like no one else can. He is my best friend. He is the one that I can run to and He understands me. Even though I'm so complicated, He gets me. And He loves me. And He's always happy to see me. He is my safe place, my Savior, my refuge, my healer, my helper, my God, my Lord. And He wants to be that for you, but you must receive the mercy that He wants to give you. You must receive the forgiveness of Christ. Repent and say, yes, Jesus, I need your mercy. 
If that's you tonight and you say, yes, I want to get my life right with Christ. I want to receive the mercy of Jesus tonight. And I want to receive him as my Lord and Savior. I want to receive eternal life. I want to pray for you tonight. If that's you, just wave your hand at me. I'm going to give you this uh, opportunity right now just to say, yes, Lord, I want to respond to the mercy of Jesus. Is there anyone here tonight that says, yes, that's me? Just let me see your hand. The Bible says that if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father who's in heaven. Hallelujah. Let me see your hand. Is anyone here tonight that says, yes, I need to get my life right with God? I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Let me see you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, I thank you for anyone that's watching online. Lord, I thank you that your heart is that they would be joined to you. And Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Father, I'm asking as they call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, as they exchange their sin for your forgiveness, for your righteousness, for your mercy. Lord, I thank you that you come in and that you live on the inside of them. Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.